to the Happiest Places to Work podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. We create and build insanely happy workforces for companies around the world. We believe that by creating better people at work, they will create better businesses and better businesses build a better world. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the most inspiring podcasts in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, all you crazy happy people. This is Amy Dix with Choose Happy. And today we have Lynn Whitbeck joining us. She is the founder and CEO of Petite to Queen. She is the master at sales and leadership training and believes that sales is leadership training, which is such an interesting viewpoint. And I can't wait to dive into that. She's also been featured on USA Today, the Chicago Tribune and HuffPost, among many, many others, as well as the co-author of A Practical Wisdoms at Work, Navigating the Present with a Plan for the Future. Oh my goodness, Lynn, you're busy. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> well, Amy, it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and to, to reconnect with you today. Yeah. So uh, Lynn and I know each other through a common mastermind group that we are involved with. And it's just so wonderful when you join kind of the right masterminds and the caliber of people that you get to meet and um, help along the way. I think it's such a great, great thing. So yeah. let's start with your Practical Wisdoms at Work book. When did you, so when, when was this book written? Uh, well, the book was published in uh, December of 2016, so it's actually uh, been a few years now. <laughs> awesome! Oh, wait, 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 wait! No, I got I, I got my math wrong. 2017. I apologize. Okay. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we were writing it 2016, but it was published in uh, 2017, and uh, it's all about you know all of the things that they never teach you on the job. You don't learn in college. And all of a sudden, there you are in a work situation, and you're like the deer in the headlights, and you're going, oh my, I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to cope with this. And it's really designed to help you not make the cringeworthy mistakes that we made. And all the way through the book, we have little vignettes of personal stories of uh, situations we encountered and what we learned from it or how we responded or you know what we know now, right? It's sort of like we've been there, done that. And why do you need to make those same mistakes? Come on. You know, know. so I'm just sick of us constantly having to plow the same damn, excuse me, darn road. (laughs) Yes. No, it's so true. I mean, I could have used this book when I first got into management. Is this book like uh, for, for females or females and males? Like, is there, is there a distinguished here? Well, the book was written. um, We use the female pronouns all the way through her and, uh, but it's, it's really universal. Um, I have a number of people who it's like their go-to college graduation gift that they give them, ah, this book, so which good. I think is really funny. Uh, but, so uh, you know, it's uh, our audience is definitely a mix of both men and women. For Petite to Queen, it's more women. Uh, but for Future Forward Sales, which is our B2B uh, sales uh, platform, it's more men. So, yeah. you know. 
Yeah. So and that's, that, and that's one of the things that I want to fix. I want to make it, you know, even Steven. Oh, I know. I feel like um, there's so much that we can talk about there and we can go down that road. <laughs> and I do love this idea, though. Um, first of all, as a graduation gift, I think that that's like genius and perfect. And when I say I could have used it, like I really could have used it. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I think back like when I first got out of college, I went into a very male, well, not a, like a male dominated yeah, industry. Too. And, uh, and I, we might've talked about this a little bit before too, but you know, there's so many things that I wish I would have known and not just about being a female in a male dominated industry, not that, I mean, there's a lot to learn there, but just being a young manager and, uh, you know, you just, you don't know what you flip and don't know, you know, <laughs> and I don't know that we have the maturity sometimes, unless we have a really great mentor, really great manager to, to lead us. And, uh, you know, I'm really lucky. I did have a lot of great managers along my, along the way. And I made a lot of mistakes too. So yeah, we all do. I mean, that's one of the great things is is learning from our mistakes. I mean, you, you can't even learn how to buy, ride a bike if you don't fall down and skin your knee a few times, <laughs> maybe your elbow, my chin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, good metaphor. Well said. So, uh, so you have also practicalwisdoms.com and you talk about overcoming imposter syndrome. And so first of all, I want to identify because it's such a buzzword these days, like such a buzzword. And so I'm not sure that everyone even knows what it even means. So let's start there. What yeah. is imposter syndrome? Yeah. And it's actually an interesting story because I work with a team of millennials and uh, there were things that I really didn't understand about some of the work dynamics, um, you know, I, and it was different uh, situation than working in corporate America being a leader, but <clears throat> either way that they brought up this topic that they wanted to really dive into imposter syndrome and create a course on that. And so uh, I had them take the lead. My team took the lead on that. And as they were working on it, and then they gave, came back to me and I'm looking at this and I'm going like, what? <laughs> and, and, and it was my daughter who actually said to me, mom, when have you ever not deserved felt, when have you ever not felt that you deserved a seat at the table? And I looked at her and I said, never. She says, exactly. That's the thing. This isn't self-doubt. This is about not believing that you deserve a seat at the table. <coughs> so this is way beyond. I mean, this is something really deep. And so um, as we've progressed with it, um, we've also, sorry, now I've got a cough. <coughs> I'm going to take a Bye. sip of water. <laughs> So excited about this. Um, so we just, uh, you know, expanded this. I really dug in and got excited about the topic and understood how much this impacts people and in such a really core negative way um, that they're putting, adding their own bricks to this wall that they can't get above, around, or through. Mm. And so how do we get, take a sledgehammer and really break that brick wall up um, and how can they can start taking those bricks down so they can really step into their own power. Yes. And, and so, and, and really see their self-worth. Yeah. I mean, it, it, 
see, it's really important. Like self-worth, self-care, like all, all, all of it is important. And I believe that we have to start somewhere in identifying what, you know, what that means, how we feel, why we feel that way. And you kind of break down imposter syndrome and overcoming it um, in what you call seven easy habits. So let's, uh, we don't dig into all the habits, but uh, let's start with the first one. Yeah, we call it the INSPIRE method. Um, And so I love acronyms and it's one that we worked on, but uh, an example like for S is uh, to a social traps, you know, social media. And so everybody posts their shining moments on social media, like, oh, yeah. you know, and, and even like, you know, we were talking before the show, all the things that you do or you're up to and things that are going on. And it's like, well, you know, if we just sort of flip the switch, you're doing just as much and doing different things. And people don't put necessarily the things where, you know, they, they fell off that bike and skin their chin. Right. right, right, <laughs> you know? right. So, um, it, it's, it's one of those things that you really need to not be looking at and judging yourself against others. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, there's so much around imposter syndrome that's focused on, um, adapting, um, and adopting and embracing a growth mindset. And that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Because it is work that you have to do um, so that you can get somewhere else on your journey so that you can take a new path so that you can explore. Uh, And um, it, it, and it doesn't mean that you're going to change overnight. You can take really baby steps to get there. Um, That brick wall doesn't have to come down tomorrow. You can start just whittling away at it. Um, so that was one of the things that, so like with the social media traps, I mean, that's one of the, you know, the, that's one of the acronyms of what the inspire method is for. Yeah. So like that is the I, the second I in there, ignoring, uh, social media traps. And I do think that this is, sorry. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) no, that's all right. Uh, I think that this is a really important topic and, uh, you know, I just, right before the show, I just saw somebody post and I'm not against filters. So I hope this is not taken the wrong way here in public, but, you know, I just saw somebody post and, it's like so amazing. It didn't even look like her, you know, and it, it was clear. She clearly had a filter on, which is great. Like we all want to be beautiful, <laughs> myself included. And I also feel like there is just this like weird moment in time that we're living in, like this false moment. And like we're applying all these filters. It's like not what we even look like in real life. And then, and then in the same sense, like everyone else is looking at you going, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Perfect. Beautiful. I, why am I not like that? And I just had an app the other day where I was like, is this for real? Where like, you can make your eyes bigger and you can like, and like morph your face the way you want to morph your face. And I just thought, when does it stop? Yeah, it's it's, uh, definitely not being comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Um, You know, so I have very little makeup on. Yeah. I haven't really fiddled with, I haven't done any, actually didn't do anything with my hair and this is who I am, you know, and I put a little bit of the war paint on to be on a show. Um, but in regular life, I don't, I mean, it's like, I don't need, uh, this is who I am and I'm completely comfortable in my own skin. Now it it takes a while to get there. So uh, don't get me wrong. 
<clears throat> but once again, I mean, some of this stuff is so false that I think that where you need to start first is ask yourself why you feel this is necessary mm. or you need it. What's really yeah. going on? And you have to keep asking that question six times to dig down because often the reason will go all the way back to your childhood, um, mm. you know, for something that um, <clears throat> I have this really weird thing where I, I like approval. Um, I like to get my attaboys or attagirls. I, you know, for me, it's girl, but whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, and um, you know, I really sort of went back to that childhood where mm. um, uh, I grew up in a household where not consciously, but certainly unconsciously, my brother was more important than I was, mm. you know, because he was going to be, he was going to be the man, the guy who did all these things. And in fact, when I graduated from college with honors and um, my dad's comment was when then I was going to graduate school was like, well, I'm not paying for graduate school. You were supposed to get a husband. I, I kid you not. That came mm. out of his mouth. <laughs> oh. And so, I, so, you know, you sort of go back to that and you're going, all right, well, that's where this comes, you know, so you really dig right. down. And, and I had a wonderful relationship with my father and I it ended up dragging him, kicking and screaming, you know, to the new century. Um, so, but, but, you know, he ended up becoming this trusted, you know, uh, guide and mentor. Um, so, but, you know, we have to look at those things mm -hmm. so that we can really understand. And that could be one thing that this desire, uh, this need for approval and somehow, especially with women, you know, it just gets wrapped up into our physical appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just so bogus and so false and empty. And yeah. I personally wouldn't want to be with somebody that that was their value system. Yeah. Okay. And so I think what you need to do for that type of situation. Um, and, and if, and if you don't care about any of that and that's where you want to go, fine. I'm not, you know, but for some of you, I think you should take that moment to stop and mm -hmm. say, why, why do I feel like I need this? Um, and it's one thing if you're putting on something really totally cool. So you look sort of like, you know, like this, you know, I don't hey, know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, something that's just like really, you know, out there, or, but it's, but if you're doing it so that you can somehow transform yourself to look like, you know, I don't know, Anne Hathaway or something, well, come on, <laughs> you know, I mean, Anne Hathaway looks the way Anne Hathaway does, right. you know, that's just, you know, I, I just, it's uh really so empty. Um, Anyway, yeah, and, but that's my think, take. That's my yeah, take. Well, you know, I think uh, where you, you put it in the acronym, you know, ignoring social media traps, I think that that is the key right there is the word traps, right? You didn't say ignore social media. <laughs> you said ignore social media traps. And uh, so there's those are two different things. I really, really like the P, which is positive learning. So tell us about positive learning. Yeah. So there's so many different ways um, that and if you're going to start, I would start with Carol Dewick's book on mindset. Okay. Um, and a growth mindset. It's so important that um, it's just that first step of just starting to be aware of things uh, mm -hmm. so that you can start to take some bricks down and make that decision that you want to do the uh, personal development, which results in 
really amazing professional development. Yeah. So, uh, because imposter syndrome manifests itself at work in so many ways, uh, but positive learning can take place. Uh, we have an exercise um, with for constructive criticism, because sometimes when you have imposter syndrome, one of the things that happens is that if you are criticized, you take that so personally. It's it's an attack, like. Um, like you're, you're scum. You can't do anything. I mean, it's just like all these things just pow, like a yeah. bomb going off. Um, and so, and that was one of the things that I was encountering with my team of millennials who all had elements of imposter syndrome um, at different levels. And, and it was like, you know, it was just something I felt like I had to walk around eggshells um, ab- around like, you know, okay, this really, you know, could have been done better. You know, this is the, uh, you know, this, let's talk this through. And it was like, somehow I was attacking their value. Uh, <laughs> and it was instead of like, okay, this isn't the most effective or efficient way to do this. And we missed some of these key points. Let's work on this. And it was not in a, uh, in any way was my tone or manner um, like, uh, you know, this is bad. It's just right. like, Hey, how can we improve this? Cause I'm really into continuous improvement. Yeah. You know, I completely reject complacency. So, you know, let's work on this and yeah. you know, how can we make it better? And, and when things don't work out, it's, I'm also the same way. Okay. Well, but look at what we gained from this. Now we know what not to do so or what did work and what we can make better. Right. And uh, so that was really interesting of going through this whole process with my team was that I learned how to communicate better with them and they learned uh, how to communicate better with me. Uh, So that was really an incredible um, piece that we gained from this and made us stronger. And for positive learning, that's the thing, you know, you need to take that uh, criticism and sort of recognize, you know, what's in there that has value. Uh, And sometimes um, there is criticism that's not constructive. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, uh, sometimes you can just be, uh, I don't know. I mean, a, a really weird thing was like, uh, my daughter, she wanted to dye her hair when she was in fifth grade mm-hmm. and I was like, fine, you know, it's hair. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and my mother was like, I can't believe you're letting her, letting her dye her hair, you know, cause she, we put streaks in it and things like that. Yeah. And I'm going like, it's hair right. and it's a way for her to express her personality. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I'm totally fine with that. And to her, that was like, oh, this is bad. This is, and, and so that was not to me constructive criticism. It was just bad criticism. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, so there's different ways that you can look at that. But when you can take that and turn it around and look at, well, what were they really trying to do? They're trying to help you. They're trying to help you do a better job. They're trying to help you learn a process. They're helping you save time. They're helping you um, maybe take, something that you're doing in 10 steps and make it done in four steps. And when you do that, you reduce errors. Instead of having a potential error in 10 steps, you only have a potential error in four steps, yeah. right? I mean, when, you, when you're looking at that, not only does it save you time, but it also actually improves the quality of your work. Um, and there are a lot of things that you can do that you sort of systemize things. I'm a real, I, am, I use so many templates in my business uh, even in emails to my team, I have templates that I've saved and I just copy and paste it. And then I adjust what I need to, 
Right. Uh, it's like, why do I have to rethink what I have to write all the time? Yeah. And so I have all these standard templates that I use for normal communications that we would do literally on a daily or weekly basis. And why do I have to keystroke all of that? Why? I just copy and paste and I change the couple things that need to be changed. Boom, done. You know? I mean, well, this is why people hire you, I'm sure, because you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're a genius. At, no, no. I mean, you're a genius at sales uh, and you really understand like efficiency and processes and, and how to be efficient. And so that's a big piece of profitability too. So companies who work with you, I'm sure see that bigger picture there. So yeah. with this program um, on the practical wisdoms overcoming imposter syndrome, it the, the program is really set for individuals to be able to take uh, for imposter syndrome. But yeah. I'm assuming if, if a company comes to you or leadership comes to you and says, help us identify you know, imposter syndrome within our employees, is that something that you would work with them on as well? Yeah. So for businesses, um, we have a sort of a different take. We can go through the um, imposter syndrome training, which is part of the growth mindset training, but we really um, put it more into the growth mindset. Uh, so one of the things that can happen, especially with imposter syndrome, is people can get really angry that like, mm. you think I have imposter syndrome? I mean, it just sounds bad. Imposter syndrome, right, right, two right. words that have negative connotations. That's right. And so I normally in a B2B setting, frame it as a growth mindset work. Um, so, uh, so we basically flip the switch on, but you can still identify people. And then the, those individuals who, who can self-identify themselves that they need some additional help because they really do have imposter syndrome, then there's a path for them uh, to get assistance um, so they can move forward. So um, that's our self-directed course for individuals on imposter syndrome. And uh, normally our work with individuals um, uh, is either in sales and leadership training and growth mindset. And then for businesses, it's the um, sales training, uh, sales strategy, um, developing their entire system or their program, reevaluating where they are um, when in such a rapidly changing world. Yeah, we all need to look at that um, <laughs> all well, the time. It's, yes, it's so true. It's so true. And I know that you've helped a lot of organizations kind of overcome and, you know, increase profitability and sales. And I know I say you're like a genius in sales, but I really feel like truly, like if I if I, if I felt really, really stuck somewhere, I know that Lynn would have the answer for me. I know that Lynn could get me unstuck. So. Uh, that, that's because of our mastermind stuff. <laughs> hey, but I mean, the same thing. Reality. I mean, I love that what you bring to the table and, the, and how important it is that we really make work um, an opportunity for us to really thrive and develop as individuals yeah. so that we get the most out of that day, you know, yeah. and uh, because it makes everything else, our personal life so much better when you're bringing all this garbage home. Um, it, it, it's not helpful. In fact, it's the opposite. It adds so much strain and stress onto your personal and family life, your friends. Um, it's, it's no good. And it affects your health. Uh, it just affects your thinking. Uh, and so having been in a really negative work situation at one point in time, um, I 
totally understand. I have a friend who's going through that right now. Mm. And, um, it is, it's just no good. So having organizations recognize that, that, um, when they adopt and they really embrace a growth mindset for their employees and their teams and how they can get the most out of their people because they're happy and they're productive and they're thriving. Right. So, I mean, you're the genius. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I don't know about that, but, or I should say, and we like to say, uh, you know, it, we don't believe in work-life balance. We just believe in life balance. And, you know, the workplace is people's lives and their livelihood as well. So when we can, you know, collectively make the workplace better and our lives better now, when we do come home, as you say, we don't want to come home with all that garbage. And when we walk in the workplace door, we also don't want to walk into that door with a bunch of garbage. And so it certainly is a balancing act, both in work and life. So Thank you. I mean, I want to honor you so much for what you do for organizations and for individuals. And what a great story that your team kind of came together of millennials and said, wait, this is something. This is an important topic. We should do something around this. And so if individuals want to sign up for this course, they can go to practicalwisdoms.com and uh, enroll. And it's a very affordable course. I recommend uh, anyone who feels like that they may feel this way and or they just want to up level their career to go to practicalwisdoms.com and enroll in the course. Lynn, where else can we find you? <laughs> well, you can find me at petitequeen.com or futureforwardsales.com. And and it's just my name on LinkedIn. So it's easy to find me and connect with me on LinkedIn as well. So I, that's where I'm, I'm the most prolific there. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, yeah, i got lots of followers, but which is great. Um, but, uh, you know, we, uh, we really want to try to do, um, to provide that little bit of, you know, spark that idea that someone can take today. And hopefully today they got something that they can say, well, I'm going to start doing working on that today. So yes. if somebody gives me constructive criticism, I'm going to look, well, what's, What's the positive of that? What are they really trying to help me with? What are, what, you know, I mean, really see the good in the other person. Um, and when you can see the good in the other person, then you can start to say, okay, they had some, some good advice. And so, you know, and that's, that's that first step. Yes. Saying, we wow. All that have to, yes. Take the first step. Because we don't improve unless we do. So I love it. Lynn, thank you so much. Thank you for your brain, your knowledge and all the help that you provide the world. Thank you, Amy. It was a pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to the Happiest Places to Work podcast. If you are a CEO, HR director, or wellness director for a successful company and would like to be on this program, please visit choose-happy.me slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag happiest places to work podcast. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. 
To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Amy N. Dix. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.